Well, hello there. Welcome back. It's Darcy with episode two of All Aboard the Struggle Bus. I wanted to start this episode by giving you a little bit of insight as to why I chose that title and why I think it's great for this podcast. I'm a type of person who likes to use humor to heal me. When I'm feeling sad or when I'm feeling upset about something, I like to use humor to make me laugh and make me feel better. I understand that not everybody laughs at the same things. Not everybody likes to use humor in serious situations. I'm going to apologize in advance if I ever offend you or hurt you because of the things I say. I'm going to try and um, take everybody into consideration, but it's very important to me that you communicate with me and let me know if I'm ever offending you beyond something that you can deal with. That's not what I want. I want this podcast to be ours, not mine. I don't want to talk at you. I want to be able to have a safe place for us to discuss things and go over things that are not easy to talk about. In order to do that, I need you guys to trust me. So please let me know if there's anything that bothers you or offends you or if you think that I'm too vulgar. I'm probably going to swear. It helps me to (laughs) get through life and helps you to emphasize on some things. Okay, other than that, let's get started with this episode. Okay, episode two. I titled this one, Do I Need Antidepressants? I hope this episode helps you decide whether or not you can cope on your own or if you need to see a doctor and get some medicine to help normalize the brain chemistry that you have. Depression is not just, I feel sad. Depression is an imbalance in the chemicals in your brain. They won't produce enough serotonin or they won't um, keep the serotonin in your brain long enough for you to absorb it in the right ways and feel better and feel okay, feel normal. In order to decide whether or not I needed medicine or if I could do things on my own, I used something called the DSM-5. This is a diagnosing tool used by people to figure out if you have depression and how bad it is. If you Google DSM-5 for depression, you'll find a PDF. What I did was I went through and I noted down all nine of the bullet points on that PDF. And then underneath those nine bullet points, I noted how I was feeling that day, how I felt about the issue, and whether or not I thought it was something I could manage on my own. I'm going to go over the nine bullet points, and I don't want to go through them regarding my personal issues, because I want to kind of feel out this podcast, and I don't want it to be all about me. I want it to be more high level of the things that I've experienced, how I did them, not Every single thought that I have, if that makes sense. Okay, so the first bullet point in the DSM-5 for depression. Depressed mood on most days, including feelings of sadness or emptiness. Second bullet point. Loss of pleasure in previously enjoyed activities. Third bullet point. Too little or too much sleep most days. Fourth bullet point. Unintended weight loss or gain or changes in appetite. Fifth bullet point, physical agitation or feelings of sluggishness. Sixth bullet point, low energy or fatigue. Seventh bullet point, feeling worthless or guilty. 
Eight bullet point. Eighth bullet point. Trouble concentrating or making decisions. And finally, the ninth bullet point, suicidal or death thoughts. So what I did was I wrote down these nine diagnostic bullet points. Underneath each of them, I decided to note down, like I said, things that I experienced and how I felt about that specific bullet point. I then decided which things I could resolve on my own and which I couldn't. The things I couldn't resolve on my own were causing me distress in my everyday life, causing more issues and a diminished work performance. It also made my social life pretty non-existent. I haven't talked about it with anyone other than my doctor and one other person, but I feel I can confide because I want you guys to open up to me and I want you to know that I'm sincere, I'm genuine, and I'm not here to bullshit you. The biggest thing that led me to go to my doctor and ask for medicine was the last bullet point. Suicidal slash death thoughts. Now, it didn't get to the point where I was fantasizing about suicide. I didn't want, I didn't think about this is how I would do it. I didn't plan anything. The closest thing I can um, think of to help you understand what it was like for me is like a bolt of lightning. It was very quick, very abrupt thoughts like, wow, I... I think it'd just be easier if I didn't have to do this anymore. It was very surprising, very disturbing. And as quickly as those thoughts came, or the thought came, it left. I started to get them and I was like, oh, oh no, this isn't good. I tried to deny them. I felt like I didn't need to bring it up. Maybe if I didn't acknowledge it, it would go away. It didn't get worse. It just kind of got, I don't want to say more frequent, but it happened like once every month or twice every month. And the thing that made me go to my doctor was, I don't want to risk these suicidal death thoughts becoming worse. I don't want to get to the point where I'm actually planning it or doing it because I know how heartbreaking it is to have someone kill themselves. It's, I don't want to sound conceited, but in the real world, people care about you. You're not going to be able to kill yourself and not hurt people. So my thought was, I don't want to cause all these people pain. I don't want to do that to my mother specifically. Her heart would be broken. And instead of trying to figure out, is this something I can deal with? Immediately I went to my doctor. After like the second one I had, I thought, this is something I need to get addressed. I need to bring this up so somebody is aware of it. It was not safe. I don't want to call them suicidal death thoughts. I'm going to call them unsafe thoughts because if untreated, I really feel like they would have progressed. And that's not what I want. And so then I went to my doctor and we discussed some antidepressants and what's going to happen is, or what happened for me, we went, I went to the doctor and I said, this is what I'm feeling. This is what is going on. These are the things I cannot fix. And the things I couldn't fix on my own were things like my lack of appetite, the unsafe thoughts, trouble concentrating, things that I couldn't force myself to do. That's when I was like, 
okay, this isn't me. This is my brain. This is something I cannot control. In a way that you wouldn't shame someone for needing insulin because their pancreas doesn't produce enough, you wouldn't shame someone for their brain not being chemically balanced. So when I brought this list to my doctor, we discussed it and then decided to try um, an antidepressant. She put me on a low dose at first just for me to get used to the side effects and see if there's any side effects that were um, too... Um, what's the word? Any side effects that I couldn't live with long term. We decided to go ahead and try, I think it was Zoloft. And I started off on like the lowest dose just to make sure I'm okay with what's going to happen in my body, get used to it. And then we upped it. And we checked in every few weeks. I think it took about six weeks for it to start working. Um, after like the first two weeks of just the low dose to see what the side effects felt like on me. And then after a few weeks, I'd check back in. We would use a rating scale on one to five. How much do you feel this symptom? How much have you been feeling this symptom? And that gives you a score and helps her, your doctor understand whether or not the medicine is working as it should for you. Sometimes the medicine isn't the right one. I am now at 200 milligrams of Zoloft, which is the maximum dose. And if this doesn't help me um, the way that it should, I'm going to have to switch to another medicine. Um, it, it takes a little bit of patience because sometimes you don't try the right medicine at first. Sometimes you need to go through three or four different medicines just to see what works best for you. And it's important for you... Well... Another piece of advice I would say is to keep this DSM-5 um, list, if you do the list, keep it. Because it's going to help you understand this is what bad is. This is what I don't want. This is, this is what ground zero is. And that way you can have something to judge. Is this medicine working? Do I feel this today? Do I feel this today? Do I feel like I am improving on my life or do I still feel stuck and once you find a medicine that works well it's I don't want to say it's smooth sailing but it's a lot better keep in mind that antidepressants don't make you happy all of the time what they do is they make you make your brain work normally and a normal human with normal brain chemistry goes through highs and lows They'll be happy some days. They'll be a little sad. And they'll be happy again. What you don't want to do is have your moods go so high and then low. Or a little high and then very low. And that's what mine were doing on, on the first dose. I was okay and then I was very low for a while. And that's when I went back to my doctor and we upped my dose. And I, I feel better. We recently just upped it because I haven't felt hungry. And that's making me feel sluggish and um fatigued and lethargic so we are now putting me on the maximum dose of zoloft once you find that good medicine that works for you or even before then i really suggest going and finding someone to talk to a counselor a therapist an online they have they have online counseling you can text people you can talk to people on the phone you can video chat you don't have to leave your house lord knows 
nowadays with this COVID-19, we're not allowed to leave anyway unless it's crucial. So it's great that we have apps and websites that we can connect to therapists when we need them. Therapy is a very good way to assist your antidepressant <laughs> assist your antidepressant in helping you get better. This is because the things they teach you in therapy are very crucial to your well-being. Like when you're depressed, you feel or you may feel there's nothing good in the world. Why like going outside is just bleh. Or you might find yourself thinking negatively about who you are and what you bring to the table. The biggest thing that I learned from my therapist is cognitive behavioral therapy. That's when you train your brain to stop the negative thoughts you're having and replace them with different thoughts. Like your brain is amazing. I can go on for days about how amazing your brain is. You can actually change the neural pathways so that when you see something outside, you don't say, oh, it's cold outside. You can change your brain to when you see outside and it's gloomy and it's gray and it's disgusting. You can actually train yourself to find something good. Well, that, that, that's a nice car. That's a pretty car. Or, oh, wow, it's cold today. I think it's a good day to stay inside. And it's amazing because thoughts like that will change your entire outlook. It does take a little bit of effort at first because it's so easy just to stay in that rut and let your mind do what it's already been doing. But once you get out of that habit and improve on your outlook and your thoughts, it just makes life so much better. So it's very important to pair um, your antidepressants with counseling. Um, I know it's extremely expensive. I actually ended up calling a few counselors and uh, asking them if they could give me a reduced rate. And I did find one in uh, in a, a town that's, she's amazing. She called me back right away and said, I don't really care how much you pay. I just want to help you get better. And so she was very, very good with um, not just charging me for the sake of charging me. She made sure that our session, sessions were quality and that I was okay with what I was being charged. Okay, I think that's all for this episode. I'm just going to recap really quick. The DSM-5 for depression, I used that to go through and sort out how I was feeling. And once I had everything on paper in front of me, it was easier to say, okay, this is something I can deal with. This is something I can't deal with. And whether or not you have more issues that you can't deal with or issues that you can deal with on your own, that's going to really help you understand if you need to seek medicine or medical help for medicine. Writing down these thoughts also really helps you to keep um, track of how you're feeling one day versus another, how often you're feeling low, how often you're feeling high, how often you don't feel at all, because that's another symptom that you feel with depression. And then having this list is also something that's great to reference if you do decide to get treatment for your depression or treat yourself, you can go back and see, this is how I felt back then. Am I improving on this? If not, maybe you do need to get medicine. If you are improving on it, good, keep at it. 
and then do that for a few of the other or all of the other bullet points that I mentioned earlier. Do keep in mind that finding the right antidepressant takes a little bit of effort and you're not going to feel okay right away. It's going to take a few weeks to um, work and for you to adjust to it. So just be patient and just know that help is on the way and things are going to get better. Okay, I'm going to leave you with that. My email, all aboard the struggle bus podcast at gmail.com is open for you to send me anything you feel obliged to. You can send me feedback, positive and or negative. You can ask for topics. You can ask for my opinion. You can tell me your opinion. Um, you can send me voice clips and I can upload them to this podcast. Once again, I don't want this to be mine. I want this to be ours. I want everybody to be able to participate in this and share their uh, share their struggles and their triumphs. Please be patient with me as I'm very new to the podcast. This is only my second episode of ever having a podcast, so um, I'm still improving, but I would greatly appreciate your feedback. If you don't want to, fine. I'm okay with that. I don't want to force you. <laughs> Please have a great day. Remember... We may be miles apart, but we're in this together. We will get through this and we will be okay. You're not alone. I'm here for you. I'll see you next time.